0: Good afternoon, my name is Joe Whitcomb, founder and owner of Whitcomb Slinsky PC, located in Denver, Colorado. Today we are going to discuss what is commonly referred to as the rule of two in government contracting. We will also talk about the statutes and regulations that govern the rule of two and issues that specifically affect veterans and service disabled veteran business owners in the universe of government contracting. First question we're going to answer is what is the rule of two? The rule of two, put simply states that the government must first satisfy the rule of two before it can set aside a contract for a particular socioeconomic group. The policy reason behind that rule is if there are at least two companies competing for a contract, then by virtue of that competition, the government has some assurance that they will receive reasonable pricing for the goods and services that they are attempting to purchase. In 2006, Congress passed a law that is known as the Veterans Benefits Healthcare and Information Technology Act of 2006. That statute, listed as 38 U.S.C.A. 8127, subparagraph D, our firm's view of that statute is that Congress created a two-pronged test with that statute. First, the contracting officer is supposed to do market research to determine whether or not He or she has a reasonable expectation of receiving two offers from either service-disabled or veteran-owned small businesses. Secondly, the contracting officer should determine in advance whether or not he or she has a reasonable expectation of being able to make an award at a fair and reasonable price. If both of those criteria are satisfied, then the statute requires that the government award the contract to a service-disabled or veteran-owned small business as long as the agency receives one qualified offer from one of those two types of companies. As mentioned before, the law was passed in 2006. The Associated Case Law demonstrates that from 2006 to 2016, the VA resisted Congress's mandate of awarding these contracts to veteran-owned small businesses. For most of those 10 years, the VA took the position that on the Rule of Two and 38 U.S.C.A. 8127 did not apply to GSA scheduled contracts. Therefore, if the Veterans Administration was competing contracts on the GSA or other federal supply schedules, then it was not adhering to the Rule of Two or complying with 38 U.S.C.A. 8127. The Government Accountability Office agreed with the VA's position for most of those 10 years. Then in 2011, a company called Kingdomware Technologies began protesting contracts over solicitations that were not set aside for veteran-owned small businesses. Moreover, they won many of those cases at the Government Accountability Office. In fact, there's a report that the GAO published in 2015 in which it instructed Congress that it had sustained about 14 protests on Kingdom War's behalf as related to the set-aside issue, but the VA had ignored the GAO's recommendations. In one of those instances, the Veterans Administration simply ignored the Government Accountability's recommendations that the contract be set aside for veteran-owned small businesses. Kingdomware took the case to Court of Federal Claims, and Judge Ferris Judge Firestone at the Court of Federal Claims agreed with the Veterans Administration that the rule of two in 8127 was aspirational, and as and so long as the Veterans Administration was meeting its three percent set aside goals, then the VA did not need to do more. In the court's opinion, there was no requirement that it's that the VA set aside these contracts and reward contracts to better known small businesses. As we know now, Kingdomware T- Technologies took the case up to the Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit, and the Federal Circuit, or CAFSI for short, agreed with the lower court and affirmed the lower court's decision. Then Kingdomware took the case to the US Supreme Court, where it took about two years to get through the U.S. Supreme Court process, and was finally decided in June of 2016. In a rare 9-0 decision authored by Justice Thomas, the Supreme Court ruled, as in other instances, that shall meant must. Justice Thomas, in his written decision, pointed to the fact that the statute in question contained both the words may and shall, and where may and shall exist in the same statute, the court took the position that shall meant must. Following that ruling in 2015, the VA has been required to set aside contracts and award contracts to veteran-owned small businesses so long as the contracting officer has a reasonable expectation of receiving two offers from STVOSBs or VOSBs and being able to make an award at a fair and reasonable price. The way this process is supposed to work is that the contracting officer receives a requirement from one of the contracting officer's customers, a VA employee. The VA customer Needs manufactured items, construction, or services. Then the contracting officer is supposed to go out into the market and determine by way of whatever form of research that the VA contracting officer wants to use whether or not that contracting officer can reasonably expect at least two offers to come in from better known small businesses. The second thing the contracting officer is supposed to accomplish is to get reasonable assurance that he or she will be able to make an award. At a fair and reasonable price that offers the best value to the United States. It has been this law firm's experience that since 2016, the VA has latched on. To that language in its attempt to maintain its discretion in what it pays for goods and services. The way our law firm interprets the statute is that if the VA rejects a price as being not fair and reasonable, then the contracting officer is saying by extension that the government cannot award to that contractor and that doing so would be illegal. The VA has not been taking that position. It has been taking the position for the last two years in doing so in earnest. That the agency is the sole arbiter of what constitutes a fair and reasonable price. The VA has consistently argued that the contracting officer has sole discretion to choose what is fair and reasonable based on whatever metric that contracting officer comes up with under the circumstances. What we have witnessed contracting officers doing is looking at the pricing the contracting officer has paid historically for a good or service. Some cases that we have at the Court of Federal Claims and the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit involved document destruction companies competing for VA contracts. Their prices submitted to the Veterans Administration were far below their GSA-approved pricing. However, the Veterans Administration contracting officer has rejected those prices as being not fair and reasonable. This is because the contracting officer created what he or she refers to as an IGCE, or Independent Government Cost Estimate, based on historical invoices. Many times, these are prices that were created five or more years ago by large companies, sometimes multinational publicly traded companies. As you would expect, the prices that these large companies bid are far below what a veteran-owned small business is able to match. Many times, this is because the veteran-owned small business lacked the economies of scale to be able to compete with large multinational companies in price. The way this plays out is that the VA receives bid prices from veteran-owned contractors and those prices will exceed the historical pricing by some margin. Sometimes that margin is 100% higher, sometimes more. The VA will then reject those prices as not being fair and reasonable for, for for the procurement. This is true, notwithstanding the fact Many of the prices proposed were well below the contractor's GSA pricing and, in our view, were inherently fair and reasonable. Of course, the courts have not agreed with us thus far on this. We have several of these cases before the Court of Appeals for the Federal Circuit and are are prepared to file a writ of certiorari if necessary. Our law firm affectionately dubbed these cases "Kingdom War II" because we believe that both the federal legislation and the Supreme Court in Kingdom War de- in its Kingdom War decision has left the question of what constitutes a fair and reasonable price open to interpretation. Our argument is that the VA should be should not be in the business of frustrating Congress's intent, which was to award as many contracts as the VA could reasonably award to businesses owned and controlled by veterans or service-disabled veterans. We'll certainly be following up with this issue in the future. There are also some overlapping issues having to do with the rule of two, like limitations on subcontracting. We have already created a separate video blog on that subject. We hope you learned something from this video and that the content has been informative. Of course, if you have any further questions, please reach out to us. If you have something you would like to speak to me about specifically, you can click on the Let's Talk button at the bottom of our website and schedule a time to speak with me. If you enjoyed the content and if you found it useful, I hope you'll subscribe to the video blog. Thank you and have a great day.